Hi, beautiful. This is your host, Leslie Whitehead, and I am so excited to share this bold, brave, badass, creative woman with you. I hope our conversation inspires you not to let anything get in the way of your passion projects. I promise you, we need whatever is on your heart to create for this world. Thank you for being here with us on Her Story So Far. I can't wait for you to meet my friend Sophia and hear her inspiring thoughts on creativity and spirituality. Before we dive in, I want to let you know our conversation includes frank discussion of surviving childhood sexual abuse and reconnecting with sexuality as an adult. If those topics don't feel comfortable for whatever reason, please give yourself permission to opt out of this episode. Hi, beautiful woman. I am here today with my second guest, and I am so excited to introduce you to Sophia Galanis. She is a psychic medium, health and wellness practitioner, chemist, scientist, mother of twins, and former clergy's wife for 20 years. And I would like to add artist because I have seen her art, as well as a chart reader, because I do know you do that as well. Even though it's not your official title and you're not putting that forward, that was something you shared with me and I really appreciate it. So that's who we're talking to today. Hello, Sophia. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so (laughs) much for having me on. It is such an honor to be here with you today. I am so grateful. You know, we had talked about you being on the podcast, and we actually were talking about having you later. And then I spoke to you and you said, no, no, I'm ready to come on. So I'm really excited to hear about why, first of all, you were willing to come on sooner than later. What's going on? If not now, when? (laughs) I love that. That is such a great way to think about this and feel about everything actually in the world. And especially, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about is being in our fifties now. So the first thing I want to ask you is how young are you? I am 50 years young. Yay. Congratulations for joining this party. It's fabulous. (laughs) 50 is fabulous. Let me tell you, I am living the best days of my life. Oh, I love to hear that. I really do believe that. And I also believe it only gets better. I agree. Because I hear from women in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and everybody who is saying the same thing. It only gets better and better. So... Fantastic. I'm glad that you joined this party. And (laughs) so tell me, so I know you as so many things, and I want to share all of them with everyone. So tell me first about the medium part and how you realized that this was a gift that you had. It wasn't something that I had named or labeled or defined for most of my life it's only really been a few years that I have labeled it that as just getting to know uh, other terminology other than growing up in the Christian church tradition, which I did. We really didn't talk about things like mediumship. Right. And it was so taboo and so forbidden that it just wasn't something that was encouraged or talked about. Right. But I would say that for me, understanding in retrospect and connecting the dots from my past and and what it means for me today, very early in life, I had several near-death experiences. Okay. And I feel like for the majority of my life, I've been bridging both worlds and spirituality has always been a really important part of my life and just that connection to, you know, God, um, you know, growing up in the Christian tradition, I still refer to the higher power as God. Um, I honor other people's uh, choices. Lovely. And it just started slowly developing. And as I cultivated my spiritual life on the inside with quiet and meditation and prayer and um, ritual, which for a long time looked like going to church. Okay. You know, and, and that was part of the routine and the ritual and the dedication and the devotion and 
cultivating that connection. And I had so many beautiful mystical experiences during my time in the church and growing up in the church. And all of that was just such a beautiful connection. But I also saw where through my experiences where the church didn't always have it right and not that they were wrong. Um, That was just one perspective. And um, I don't think that mediumship is any form of possession. (laughs) I, I, I think it's just clearing out all the distortions of other people's filters. Right so that you can hear clearly. And I think everyone has that potential and that possibility to see clearly and to know. And I just listen a little more clearly, right? uh, a little more intently, that intuitive hit that says someone crosses through my mind to reach out and to say, I'm so glad you called. I was thinking about you. I need, I needed to talk to you. Or when someone crosses your mind and then several minutes later they call you, um, I've just cultivated that ability to listen and to know that that means something. Okay. Okay. I love that. It, does it have to do with energy as well? Is it an energy, um, feeling? We're all, we're all energy, right? (laughs) We're living, we're energy from the food that we eat to the sunshine. Everything has a frequency and it's really beautiful because I really feel that quantum physics is really starting to give us some of the terminology to explain the unseen forces that so many of us have felt and experienced throughout our lives. And that can really be an explanation for energy, frequency, energy, medicine, prayer, right? Meditate right. the power of prayer. Right. It's the power of meditation. It's the power of our thoughts and uh, the power of connection with one another. Right. I do feel and- like there's something to be said about being quiet and and in meditation, and that's definitely something to help you connect more to your intuitive. That's kind of what you were saying before. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. I um, had an experience. I've had many experiences recently where kind of like what you were saying, where you're thinking about someone and then they reach out or, you know, something serendipitous. Is that the word? Serendipity is a beautiful word. And I love it's alignment. It's where, you are inspired to take action that brings you together with someone else. And I feel that about our relationship and our conversations where serendipity brings us to have a conversation or to talk about something or to reach out to one another. And we each give each other something that we really needed to hear And that to me is God working through each of us. I agree. To help support us along our way. And so um, when we listen to that little message, to that little voice in our mind that says, reach out to so-and-so or drive this way to work today, that's where the magic happens. Right, right. So when you're working with someone what are you helping them with? Do they come with um, ideas of these are the questions I have? Or, I mean, I know I have my experience with you. I'm not sure. So I came and we did a reading. And um, is that what you're calling it? A reading? I'm not sure. A, reading a, session. A session. A session is really what I would call it. And I didn't come with any particular idea, except I do, do think I had something about work. But how does that normally work? Does someone come with an idea or is it something that just happens organically with the two of you? Sure. So someone comes in with an intention of what they want to work on or talk about. And that may be something physical because we know that the things that we haven't looked at can manifest physically in the body. We're body, mind, and spirit. Physical, you mean physical pain? Or physical, what do you mean when you say physical? 
it, it could be something physically that they're dealing with. Okay. So it can be uh, joint pain. It could be chronic headaches. It okay. can be, okay. it, it can be any number of things. So some type of physical discomfort may come up. Okay. And by all means, I don't offer any treatment, right. but I do right. find it interesting that people say, I feel better. My, my knee's not bothering me. My, whatever the discomfort was right, tends to be helped or alleviated. Okay. Okay. And so it's, it could be that it could be, but it might not be a physical pain because I didn't, I certain that wasn't something that I felt. Um, it could just be a question that you have about life. It could also be just coming into seeing what's and seeing what's coming up. Right. So, so I think for me, one of the biggest things is bringing hope to people and help helping people find peace and love and compassion in their relationships, in their circumstances, in their past, in what's happened in life, so that they are free to move forward in life. Right, right. I think that's lovely. And then we did do a little bit of chart work. So do you want to explain that? Yeah. So for for myself, and, and I share just what I've learned on my own personal right, right. journey, I, I am by no means an astrologer, <laughs> but Sometimes what I see is I'll see a specific planet at play and I'll say, let's pull up your chart and I'll share with you just a little bit of what I've learned and give you some additional resources that you can go listen to or read about uh, to understand that more. Ones that particularly come up are Chiron, which is the wounded healer. It's an asteroid and it typically indicates your childhood wounding. And uh, another one is uh, the North Node, and it indicates what your soul is here to learn. Okay. And so those are probably the two that I tend to see the most because people are looking for healing from the past, which we all have. No one is exempt. It doesn't matter how much you were loved and how much you were loved and supported by family or not. Everyone has wounding from their childhood. And so that's one piece, but then it's also what is preventing you from seeing what your soul is calling you to do and the work that you're supposed to do. And it's not all, you know, I'm going to be a star. It can be how you make a difference just in your community. Right. And people know in their heart what that is, but we're, we're blinded to it sometimes. And definitely we're afraid. We're afraid to follow the calling. We're afraid to follow our hearts. Right. Well, it's scary. It's very scary to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and say, this is, you know, who I am and what I believe and how I feel and, you know, how I want to help the world. And, what if people didn't, you know, agree? I don't know. That, that is, can be very scary, right? It is scary to be seen and heard. And especially as women. Right, right. Be- because there have been times where we have not felt safe to be seen right. and heard. Right. And so this brings me to, to something else that we, uh, that I often talk about with my clients is boundaries, right? You know, what, where are the holes in your boundaries that prevent you from feeling safe? Right. Right. And I've had to do a lot of this work myself. I grew up in a home with domestic abuse and safety. What has been a huge factor for me? Okay. Uh, stay, stay small. Stay small. Don't use your voice, because my father would lose it over okay. what people would say. Right. And so, even this now has been a work in progress to be able to say, "This is who I am." Right. I, I'm sure. Your opinion of me is is just that, your opinion. Exactly. And it doesn't define me. It doesn't define my, my worth. It doesn't define my value. This is me. This is my right. authentic self. 
But what one thing you were saying um, just made me think it's very easy. I was a first child, so and only daughter. And so I grew up, you know, a total people pleaser because I was trying to keep the peace, make everybody happy, fill in, become an adult before I really needed to be an adult in many ways. And so I didn't speak up and I didn't have a voice in those ways because I was just spending all my time trying to please everyone and be the good girl and look like the good girl and all of those Bingo. And that is the key word. Be the good girl. And be the good girl is betray yourself for everyone else. Right. Right. Exactly. Betray yourself to fit in. Betray yourself to be loved. Betray yourself. And so many women have this this message. And not just women. I want to honor men as well because I've definitely met men who feel that they have to betray themselves in order to be loved as well. You know, do everything for everyone, do it all and betray yourself and don't take care of yourself and taking care of yourself is selfish. Right. And asking for your needs to be met as being selfish. And right. that's just not the case. Right. And also how much do you praise do you get as a child for those things? I mean, I that's the reason why you continue to do it, or I'll speak for myself, I did was because I got so much praise for it. Oh, look at Leslie. She's such a little adult. I remember being told that such a, a little girl. And um, it made me feel good that I was getting all of this, all these compliments, but it really wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't helpful to me at that age to be, you know, I should have just been able to be a kid and make mistakes. And, but I, yeah, I feel that I, I totally understand that. And for me, it was, if I'm a good girl and if I do this, I keep the peace, right? I keep the peace at home. I create right. a safe, a safe place at home. Right. Right. And so I don't want to discount this safety piece. Because I think that that is why we betray ourselves. Ultimately, we betray ourselves because it's not safe for us to be us. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's part of the human experience as well. And I just want people to be encouraged to be themselves, yes. to be authentic. Yes. To belong first to yourself. Because when you fully love and accept yourself, that's when you find your people. That's when you find people that will love, support, encourage you, and cheer you on. Not because you're cookie cutters of each other. Exactly. But because your light is so bright that it's infectious and inspiring. And just helps people feel loved and peace within themselves, not because of what you did for them or what you do for them, but just because you're present in the moment. Exactly. And that's the magic. That's taking it back to that serendipity. Right. Oh, yeah. I feel that. That's when you're open to those serendipitous magical moments. Right, right. Boy, it's hard walking through this world to be there all the time, though, isn't it? It is. With all everything that we're inundated with, I think it's hard to stay in that that place. The digital age has ushered in a lot of distraction. And there's a time and a place for it. But how do we remember what it's like to connect with another human being? Right. Because that is something that technology, AI cannot replace. No, no. The the power of connection between two human beings, the power of love, right? the power of compassion, and the power of presence. And so we use technology and all of this, these digital marvels, and they are marvels. Yes, they are. And they are gifts. But how do we come into right relationship? with it. And in my opinion, it's no different than coming into right relationship with food, with alcohol, or with any other situation in life. 
Right. What is the answer? Moderation? I think for each person, it's different. Okay. I think that we each have different careers where we use technology and uh, digital technology in, in such a different way. Right. But I think it's the matter of remembering to look at people in the eye to see someone's joy, to see someone's sadness and the power of, are you okay? Yes. Oh, I love that. I feel that about you too, because when I met you, there was just some energy right away. I just, I wanted to glom onto you and just follow you around everywhere. (laughs) Um, You're so sweet. (laughs) No, because I feel that sincerity from you. It just feels so genuine and your energy is so healing just to be around you. I really feel that. I I do when I'm around you. And those big blue eyes, nobody can see you, but you are of Greek descent, correct? You're correct. Yes. And you are a stunning woman, this beautiful woman with these big blue piercing eyes. They're gorgeous. They're just so... (laughs) And so when, when, when I met you, I just, I just felt like, who is this woman? I want to be around her. I want to know her. Well, thank you so much. I, it, again, it comes from finding that peace within me. Right. Right. And, and being at peace with me and being at peace with all of the different things that have happened in my life. Right. Exactly. And life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. I would say that there were different times in my life where that would have been very, very tough to hear. Okay. Because it's really difficult to say this is happening for me during like some of the most painful times when I didn't feel safe. This right. is happening for me. Right. right. <laughs> you know, question mark. Why? Exactly. Exactly. And but it was happening for me for my healing and it was happening for me to know that I am inherently safe and protected. And that was something that I would say that was lacking. I did not have that sense of safety for the majority of my life because I had given that power of being safe and protected over to other people that I was waiting for other people to protect me or to keep me safe. And when I took that power back within me, it's like, I know what to do to keep me safe. I know what to do. I am capable of making decisions and placing myself in situations and environments where I am safe and protected. That was so key. Like bringing that back into myself has really been a key for just finding peace within myself and finding peace for all of the different people in my life who didn't create situations where I felt safe. Okay. Okay. And was that recent that you found that? Yes. Very recent. Okay. Something, something I've been working on, I'd say for the past seven years, but really felt like, uh, I cleaned up all of those holes in my boundary probably within the past year. Wow. That's fantastic. So are you able to help other people with that? I love empowering other people and giving them the tools to see what's going on in their environment. Okay. And so uh, one of the first tools that I use, you know, people often talk about they're having a conflict with someone in their life and it can be personal. It can be professional. It can be you know, drivers driving down the street or triggering to someone, you know, I mean, welcome to the modern age. (laughs) Right. And and the thing is, it's like, it's understanding what are they mirroring to you? Oh, yes. Right. And what are they mirroring to you? And what is that telling you? Is it connected to something you heard growing up? Is it connected to, you know, a car accident that you had? Is that what is that connected to? And when you find peace with that, those situations are not triggering anymore. And so people mirror to us what we are or what we judge. Okay. And 
that second one's a little tough. Right. You know, I'll give you an example because for the longest time, I was so triggered by people who, by liars. Oh, okay. I was so triggered by liars and gosh, darn it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you better believe that I kept attracting liars as friends. Right. And I was just like, what is this? You know, what, what, what is this? Do I have like, please lie to me? Like <laughs> stuck as a label to my forehead? Where is this coming from? And what I really had to find peace with was where was I lying to myself? Oh gosh, that's so deep. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because where I was lying to myself was that I was okay with constantly serving others at the cost of me. Right. You know, for the highest good and benefit of all at the cost of me. Right. And I really had to change that to the highest good and benefit of all, including me. I love that. Because I am a child of God too. Yes. And I am worthy of having my needs met as well. Right. Right. And so I was lying to myself that I could do it all. I was lying to myself that I was okay with the table scraps of what other people had left over for me. That's beautiful that you were able to figure that out and you're able to help other people with that. Again, it's, it, I, I really hope to just empower people to have the tools to just live with more hope, more love, more self-acceptance right. and more compassion, not just for themselves, but for others. Because it's really interesting, Leslie, we do such a great job of forgiving others and asking for forgiveness we from do. others. We do. We do. We do such a great job, but we forget to bring that back into ourselves. Right. We forget to bring in, well, I forgive them, but I also forgive who I was in that moment. Right. Grace, exactly. Grace, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. Right. right. And then the other piece that I feel is, and I, I heard this for a long time, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. And sometimes we look around and during those really dark moments right. and we're struggling to find that one thing to be grateful for and not out of a lack of desire of wanting to find the grateful things, right. but more, it's just hard to see it through the darkness. Sure. But I have found in those moments of confusion to be thankful for how I'm going to feel afterwards. So I am so grateful for the opportunity to have touched the lives of your podcast listeners. Oh, I love that. Me too. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Right. I see. Right. I don't know who your your listeners are, right? But I'm so grateful for touching their lives, right? And right. so it, it's something that hasn't happened yet. But I find being grateful for what's coming just kind of brings in just the good stuff. Definitely, that's beautiful. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned too was self love. And that leads me to the next topic that we were going to discuss that you said you wanted to share about self-love and becoming creative. Yeah. So I, I've talked a lot about safety and how safety has been such a theme in my life right. and not feeling safe. And it, it was about five years ago. Okay. When I had a memory from my childhood return to me. Okay. And 
it has unfolded to the discovery that before the age of five, I was sexually abused by two different people and sexually molested by seven different people. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, let me just say, I share that. I'm great. I'm doing great. I, again, I am living the best days of my life. I have never felt more empowered and more within myself. Good. And so I, I share that because it was a discovery. There was so much that I had closed myself off. I had all of these walls and these boundaries that I had set up where I was keeping people at arm's length. And I spent so much time trying to understand what is that? What am I doing? Why am I doing that? Why is that boundary there? And I was meditating and I could see it. I could hear it. I could hear what was being said. I could feel how I was being touched and, and all of the memories came back. Okay. And it was tough. It was tough. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, because these were people that my parents had trusted into our lives and um, my parents did not know these people are just masters at manipulation, right? And, and hiding and secrets and secrets really take a lot of energy and they take a lot of energy out of our lives. And so the challenge when, for me personally is, you know, I grew up in a home with domestic abuse and then the sexual abuse. And right. I really struggled with trusting people. I can imagine. And especially people in authority. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. You know, people in authority and, um, you know, I didn't trust therapists. I had tried a little bit of talk therapy after my twin sons were born and I just didn't feel like it helped me with any, it didn't help me resolve anything. Uh, And so I really struggled with trusting. And so I went within, Okay, I went within to find that peace. And uh, after my marriage ended and my marriage dissolved, I really started to develop, how do I know myself better? Okay. And there was all of the shame connected and attached to my sexuality, my femininity. And the irony is, is that like, I really struggled with touch. I mean, yes, I would hug people and, right. you know, and especially my kids and family and things, but I really struggled with touch. And, and so I got into a pleasure practice and I, I prefer to call it a pleasure practice. I know some people refer to it as masturbation, but I think that Ooh, I like pleasure practice, pleasure practice is beautiful. It, well, there's such a negative connotation associated with masturbation. It is. There and, is, yes. And ultimately, I think the human body was designed for pleasure. There's a reason those pleasure points are there. Right. And so I really just cultivated a robust pleasure practice, uh, self-pleasure practice, where I have truly gotten to know myself. That's fantastic. And the beauty is, Leslie, is that with every with every pleasure practice, I set an intention. Okay. And for the longest time, the intention was for my healing. Right. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Right. And and so the genitals are connected to the root chakra. And the root chakra is just our safety, our foundation, right. and our security and our stability. And there were so many things, memories that came up that were just so not connected even to my sexuality, to my femininity, but connected to my sense of safety that would come up and it would give me an opportunity to rewrite the story. Okay. 
right? To rewrite the story of my childhood because I'm an adult now and I have empirical evidence that the story that I made up as a child or the story, the programming that I learned from my family is not necessarily true. Right. Exactly. As as it was written in my childhood. Right. And so I get to now look at, well, do I still believe that? Is that my experience? Right. What do I believe? What do I want to believe? Right. What feels true for me? And what feels true for me in my heart? And and I talk about that, and I know that there are a lot of people in Christian circles. I've seen these discussions on social media where they talk about there's only one truth, and um, that right. truth is God's truth. But if we believe that we're created in the image and likeness of God, then we have to trust and believe that we have a sense of what God wants for us as well. Right, right. And and I feel like that comes to us through our heart wisdom, through the peace that we feel in our heart. And that is a, a big filter for me. Okay. Because our society, we get stuck in our mind a lot and we disassociate from our body consciousness. Right. But when our body consciousness contracts, when we tighten up, when we tense up and when we contract, that tells me that something's not necessarily true or I don't know all of the truth. Okay. But, but when I'm at peace and my body and my heart feels peace and my body is relaxed and I open up and I feel expansion and connection with other people, that's when I know that I have hit on truth. I love that. One of the things that you had talked about was that this practice has also helped you in creativity. And I, I'd love to hear more about that. Right. And, so, and, and also how that can help other women with their creativity. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Absolutely. So I was studied sciences. I was right, in the sciences. Right? I have my master's degree in chemistry and uh, the last time I had taken an art class was, I think, middle school. <laughs> I did not consider myself to be artistic at all. And uh, as I was cultivating my pleasure practice, I kept hearing paint. Okay. I kept hearing paint and I had so much resistance I'll bet. because it didn't look pretty. It's funny how we judge ourselves and we yes. judge everything that we create. But the art was for me. The art wasn't for me to um, share in a gallery right. anywhere. Uh, the art was for me. And oftentimes what it looked like was color on a canvas and... Um, pushed around either by paintbrush, but for a long time, I just used a palette knife. Okay. And it just helped me move energy, move okay. emotion, move thoughts that were stuck. Okay. And it was fascinating because so many of my pieces would end up as water. Okay. All like right. W water scenes, right? So choppy waves versus flowing waters versus, you know, blue with, you know, white glistening accents versus... Was it, when you were painting, did you see that as, were you thinking this is going to be water or were you just letting the paint flow on? And then when you looked at it, you thought this is water. I mean, what... Great question. Great question. So... I would start with a canvas and the colors that I would start with, there were multiple layers. I would paint upon paint upon paint upon the canvas, multiple right. layers. Right. And so whenever I felt so inspired, I would go grab any, any colors, not just colors that you would see in water. And I would just paint and move move the colors around on the canvas. Okay. And at first I had no idea what they were, what they were going to become. Right. And sometimes I was working with more than one canvas at a time. 
Okay. I, I would be working with four to five canvases at a time. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't understand what I'm doing, but this is how I just followed the inspiration, followed my intuition, followed what I, what I felt like I was hearing. Right. Good. And I would um, just move the paint, move the colors around and set it aside. And when I felt like I was ready for another layer, I would, I would add another layer. And sometimes I would be working on one piece over the course of a couple of days. And just as soon as it dried, I would be adding another layer. And sometimes even before the layer dried, I'd be adding another layer. And so it was very, it became very meditative, but color has a healing frequency. Oh, I want to hear more about that. And I know that as I was moving those colors, it was bringing in the healing that I needed as well. Green, when you think of like the color green, for example, it represents the earth and growth and things provided to us by Mother Earth. Okay. Right? Like all the nourishment that we need. Right. Blue represents our expression. It okay. represents truth. Okay. You know, red represents love, right. but it can also represent danger. Okay. Right? So it depends on like, is it blue kind of pink or is it, you know, dark and muddy and how, how's it flowing on the canvas? And so you know, whether you think of the colors associated with the seven different chakras, or I know that there are other, there are other resources out there talking about the frequency of color uh, that it brings in and color therapy uh, that exists out there. And so the lesson really for that is whether it's for painting or how you decorate your home or the clothes that you wear, you know, sometimes we're just really inspired. Like I know I need to wear that green shirt today, or today I'm wearing this um, beautiful blue wrap that I had purchased at autumn shop, the collective lifestyle boutique and makery. And you're, you're drawn to specific colors because it supports what you need at that time. Right. I love that. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. I, I wasn't familiar that. I think I knew it, but um, but I hadn't heard it in those terms. That colors can be healing. Absolutely, color is frequency. Words are frequency. Music is frequency. And so, when we think about what we're drawn to in life at different times, it's supporting in and bringing to us what we need at that time. Right, right. Well, and I've seen some of your work. Is this something that you're doing just for yourself? Or do you think it will be something that you will share with the world? Oh, such a great question. <laughs> At this time, I can tell you that every most everything that I've created to date is, is very personal. Okay. There are gifts that I've made for others where I felt inspired to create art for others Oh, I love that. Uh, that I have gifted for others. So, uh, right now it's still really personal. Okay. Beautiful. I love that. But still really powerful. Right. It, it, and that's, that is such a tool that anyone can use at any time for their own healing. It's available for you. It doesn't have to be for public display. Right. Exactly for it to be a form of expression for you. Right. And like you said, it doesn't have to be painting. It could be writing. It could be creating music. It could be taking photographs. It could be whatever. Knitting, sewing. Yes, exactly. It could be cooking. (gasps) Yes, cooking. Cooking is, I love cooking. Yes. It's such a creative outlet, right? I mean, when you look at foodies and what they create, yes, it is such a creative process. It It really is. It is. It is. My daughter last night made, she's out in Denver, but she made a spinach pie, which I had never thought about making, shared the recipe with me. It was beautiful. It looked like a piece of art. It really did. That's awesome. I know. I love that. 
So, well, first of all, before I ask my last question, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Any wisdom, anything that's coming up that you feel they need to hear our audience? What I really want to share is that sometimes we carry other people's emotions. And for me, I was holding on to a lot of people's shame. And I thought it was my shame. Right. I thought I had to be ashamed of my sexuality. I thought I had to be ashamed of my femininity. There were so many messages that I received where being a woman and being feminine was weakness. But there's strength in our femininity. And that strength comes from the ability to create. Because... That is something that women can do that men cannot. Exactly. And not that they can't create art or create music. It's just very different. But a woman's creative life force center has the capacity to just create life, but it becomes something so much greater when it is balanced with that ability to just receive and relax and be nurtured and nourished and be inspired. The ability to receive that inspiration, to be a vessel for allowing that creativity and that inspiration to grow and develop and to be birthed. I think is just something that women possess that is so powerful that cannot be matched by men on their own. I think men have other strengths. Right. But I think that this is something that's just really powerful. And for women to take that energy back that they've given away to all of their partners, former partners that they've ever been with to get back that power to create and their worthiness of creating, uh, not just human beings, but their legacy, their legacy of love, their legacy of compassion, their legacy of art, their legacy and the, and the footprint of, of what's here on the planet and how women have transformed the world with what they've created and brought into it. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Being a woman is strength. It is. We need to harness it. That's right. (laughs) And own it. You know, our feminine energies receive and our feminine energies inspire the masculine. They inspire action. Right. Like, so we need that harmony and that balance between our feminine energies and our masculine energies. And then... Likewise, as women with the men in our lives. Right, right. One other question I want to ask you, and you are part of my 55 Women Project, which I didn't mention at the beginning, but when I had met you, I just thought, oh my gosh, this woman needs to be part of my 55 (laughs) Women Project because she is such a badass. But one of the questions I asked and I loved getting all the answers for was, what is one thing that um, people would be surprised to know about you? Good question, Leslie. Well, first of all, let me just say it was such an honor to A, work with you, to be photographed. You are such an amazing photographer. I had such a wonderful time. Thank you. I love my photos. So excited (laughs) about them. And they really helped me feel beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad. That is my goal with every one I have the honor of photographing is feeling like you see yourself, who you are, you feel beautiful, and you recognize yourself in a very beautiful way. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So I already feel like I've shared some things in this podcast already that I don't think very many people really knew about me before. Well, then maybe the question's um, been answered. Maybe you feel like the question's already been answered and it doesn't need to be answered again. Okay. I I do. That's very fair. Oh my gosh, Sophia. I am so grateful that you sat down with me here today and shared all of your heart and soul and what you're offering to the world and the beautiful lessons that you've learned about yourself and 
the feminine parts that we need to recognize in ourselves, it just really resonated with me. I know it's going to resonate with everyone else out there. And um, I also hope that everyone takes um, an opportunity to start um, doing the self-pleasure practice. Everyone needs a pleasure practice, whether pleasure they're, practice. They're, they're with a partner <laughs> or by themselves. Yes. I, I love that. Because there is a self-awareness right. that comes from your own self-pleasure practice. And right. so um, there is something so valuable and honorable to the human body. And we all need more joy and, and pleasure in our lives. And it's just about finding the right balance. We do. And so do. Um, go discover yourself. <laughs> that is a great, <laughs> a great ending, my friend. Thank anyway, you so I much. It has been such an honor to work with you and uh, to be a guest on your podcast. I wish you so many good things and I wish so many good things for your listeners as well. And thank you for the opportunity to allow me to be seen and heard. Thank you, Sophia. You are a beautiful woman. You are too. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found this episode inspiring as well as entertaining. If you want more out-of-the-box wisdom from boots-on-the-ground creative brave women like this one, subscribe to Her Story So Far podcast wherever you listen, and please share this link with anyone who needs some inspiration. To receive more wisdom in your inbox, sign up for my weekly letter at lesliewhiteheadphotography.com. Her Story So Far podcast is produced in conjunction with mad-talented executive producer K.O. Myers at Particulate Media. Thank you to all my beautiful, bold guests. Without them, there would be no show. Until next time, get out there and make yourself visible to the world. We need you and your creation. If no one has told you today, you are beautiful. Beautiful.